0: Welcome to another edition of The Hangout Podcast. This is your host, Juan Hernandez. Thanks again, guys, for tuning in to another fun, fulfilled episode of the music edition of the show. Hope you guys have been doing well during this past week. Yet another week has gone by. Another week has passed us by as we roll through the punches in 2020. Hasn't been the best of years, but... Also, hasn't been the worst of years. Of course, I've had better years myself. As I just sit here in my living room, running on fumes, Um, you know, the perils of working for juvenile probation, you know, spending the last two hours doing phone calls and uh, getting to the point where when I start getting a headache, that means it's time to eat something. I usually get cranky if I don't eat anything in the time that I'm allotted to eat stuff. But I wanted to take this time to knock this quick episode out. Just to have some new content for the week. A little something for you guys to enjoy. Nothing too long, nothing too short. Just just the right amount. I was sitting here, popped on YouTube... And I said, you know what? I've been meaning to do this episode for months and months. It was a long time coming in the making. For some reason, I dropped the ball yet again. But here I am, a few weeks late. <laughs> I've been meaning to pay tribute to Stevie Ray Vaughan a couple weeks ago. Celebrated the 30th anniversary of his untimely death back in August of 1990 you're a music fan you're probably familiar with who SRV is Stevie Ray Vaughan was a really really prominent figure in the blues rock world from the better part of the 80s for most of the 80s here was a guy who was not one to to buck with the trends and just go his own way you know this guy wasn't following what what these guys were doing in the mtv era days of teasing up their hair makeup power ballads flashy guitar solos flashy clothes you know songs about banging chicks doing drugs none of that this man was a one-man band if you could say Stevie Ray Vaughan in Double Trouble Blues Rock man how much more raw does it get how much more real does it get And I came to I came up to know Stevie Ray Vaughan from a very very early age from the days of when well, I used to listen to Rock 101 KLOL back in the mid to late 90s uh, all in thanks to once again my dad he always talked about this Stevie Ray Vaughan character with the same story that he tells to this day, which is really, 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 really entertaining. Um, not a fan himself of, of the Stevie Ray Vaughan. He told me he never had listened to his songs before up until when he saw him in concert in August of 1990, a few weeks before his death. Not many can say that, you know, other than his, the cousins that were with him at the time of the concert. Man, I wanna say this was, I, I even did some research on it myself, cause they don't really remember the accurate date, but I do believe See, see, some of this stuff is kind of conflicting because they he played twice. He used to play a lot here at the Sam Houston Coliseum, which is now the, I believe it's the Alley Theater, across the Hard Rock Cafe. But he also played at the Woodlands. And from my research, the tour that he did with Jeff Beck, which was the one that my dad went to, was held at the Woodlands. So it might have been at the Woodlands where he saw him, but... He sticks to the fact that he saw him play downtown, which it had to be at the Coliseum at that time. So he always talked about him. You know, he died in a helicopter crash literally weeks after he saw him in concert. Became a fan instantly, if not at the concert, it was right then and there. I mean, it's just, and then diving deeper into the catalog, I became a fan myself. You know, growing up, it was all about classic rock for me and heavy metal and hard rock. Eventually spinning off into my own little phases of thrash metal, new metal, glam. But I always go back to my roots. And it's always fun to go back to and revisit the blues rock era that came with Stevie Ray Vaughan. And he learned from the best. You know, he was right up there with, he was right up there with Eric Clapton, Jeff Beck, all the greats. I mean, he learned from the best, you know, who better to look up to than BB King and all the blues legends of the past. There's just something about his music that's really moving for me. you, you can just feel the emotion When he plays the guitar, you know it's Stevie Ray Vaughan. There's no flashy pedals, no flashy amplifiers. It's just a Fender Stratocaster plugged in straight through a Fender amp, no less. Probably a Peavey. And his vocals, I mean, come on. I'm just sitting here listening to a couple of his songs, just uh, revisiting... A couple of weeks ago, I was at Cactus Music on my many weekend trips in search for music and concert DVDs. I came across this Stevie Ray Vaughan DVD. It's all his music videos and a couple of MTV Unplugged sessions that he did back in the late 80s. And those Unplugged videos were really, really, really touching and the fact that it was just him with an acoustic guitar he only did about three songs but it was just him and a 12 string guitar I'm like god for for somebody to go out there with the balls to do that and say you know what I'm gonna perform with a 12 string acoustic guitar and just sing no backing band no drums no backing tapes no keyboards no dancers, no auto tune, none of that. I mean, you gotta, you gotta respect that. There's uh... something that comes with it. It's just the, the like I said, raw emotion, and you put in all your feel into it. And I don't know, it's just, it. It stands the test of time. It's it's his music's timeless. It doesn't sound like something that was recorded in the eighties or in the nineties. It's not dated. I can tell you that. But man, he went in an untimely fashion. I sit here back and in the the research that I've done throughout the throughout the years. This was a a man who debuted at Montreux, the jazz festival, the big jazz festival, back in, I think it was 83, 1983 or 82. I might have my dates wrong, but when he made his debut, I mean, everybody was booing him. Again, this was a jazz festival, not a blues festival nobody liked what he what he was doing come to turn it around about a year later year and a half later he comes back everybody's giving him a standing ovation i mean how do you go from being booed to damn near selling out the place and you know having people call for encores towards the end Not only that, what strikes me as very, very, you know, what a stand-up guy he was, you know, he had his issues with drugs and alcohol, mainly cocaine and whiskey. He was very upfront about it, too. He admitted the fact that it was, you know, crippling him as a musician. He always depended on it from early on, early on age. You're talking about a a man who overcame that and was nearly on the brink of death to making his big comeback with the final album that he put out uh, called In Step. And that, that really just cemented him in the scene and he was well on his way to becoming one of the, if not probably the biggest uh, blues rock players at the time. Put him right up right up there with Jeff Beck and Eric Clapton. It's just a shame though how a man who was who cleaned himself up just dies at the peak of his career suddenly in a helicopter crash. It was definitely a <laughs> the devastating blow to the not only the block ruse community, but what did I just say? The blues rock community. See, I'm getting all my words jumbled up. Ugh. Lucky for you guys, there's no editing this podcast, I don't have time for it. <laughs> um, but not only that, but the whole music world in general. So, you haven't really had anybody that's come close to him. Maybe Joe Bonamassa. He's, I mean, he's done. He's done well for himself and has put out quality material over the years. They didn't really become a fan of him up until the last maybe year or two. As he's played for Black Cruncher Communion and a lot of the solo stuff that he's put out. But nowhere near the status that SRV had back in his heyday. He did a he did a several covers too. By Hendrix, Little Wing, Voodoo Child, Superstition by Stevie Wonder. And, of course, his uh, slew of originals. Texas Flood, Pride and Joy, Couldn't Stand the Weather. I'm looking at the whole track listing right now. These damn commercials on YouTube. There's one thing I hate about YouTube now. The fact that they play these commercials at very odd times. You're way into a whole show or a song, and boom! Commercial. Anywho. Had the music playing in the background. I just, you know, just reminiscing. Really not, not much else I can say regarding a, you know, like a big tribute for SRV. The plan for me this year was... I had planned to drive up to Austin with my dad, if not by myself, and actually get a picture taken at the Steve Ray Vaughan statue that they have located in Austin as a, you know, memorial. And it's it's so strange how the times, the many times I went to Austin, I never actually went to take a picture it's one of my few regrets I have right now. But as you may know the COVID-19 pandemic kind of put a halt to those plans. Not to say that I still can't take the weekend trip up there just to come and go, but I really I really want to go to Austin just to explore a little bit. I don't want to just go just for that. There's just so much to explore out there. Up in the hills. But I wanted to come on this week just to just to pay a small tribute to a very influential blues rock guitar player. Definitely a really, really um, one of my many guitar influences. Um, in a lot of ways, you know, a different approach to my playing and practicing, you know, delving in deeper into those blues rock roots as they say i mean who can mistake steve evan you would see him you know with his hat and the boots and the shirt you know there's been many nights if i'm listening to his music or whatever where i'll pop the question and just kind of wonder where where would he be at today? Much like if you look back at maybe like a Jimi Hendrix or a Randy Rhodes or you know people that have left us so young so soon, what would they be? Kurt Cobain, what would they be doing now? I'm sure their legacy would be cemented up there as one of the greats. I mean, they've already been not only say glorified, but they've been talked about as such and they weren't even that young Stevie Ray Vaughan was 35 when he was killed I'll be 35 in a couple more years that's scary (laughs) but furthermore uh, just wanted to come on briefly today and and just kind of pay my respects for a legendary guitar player definitely somebody to look up to if you haven't checked out his music, go check it out on YouTube, Spotify. It's up there. Don't ask me for a particular song because all his songs are great. That's all I can say. If you guys are enjoying what uh, what I've been putting out as of late in this new venture that I have for the podcast, uh, be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show for free. On Apple Podcast and Spotify Podcasts only. Those are the only two platforms the podcast is currently streaming from. And if you like, what did you enjoy? Tell a friend, a family member, relative, coworkers. Like I said, I strive to bring quality over quantity for the show. And I will be bringing more of you for weeks on end to come. So... Thanks again, guys, for tuning in to another music edition of The Hangout Podcast. We'll see you next week.